0: up my fellow challenge lovers welcome to the challenge historian where we dive deep into all things mtv's the challenge past present or future if it's happening in the challenge universe then we are here to document it i am your host and dedicated challenge historian jacob halliball thank you so very very much for being here with me today on today's podcast we are slowly but surely going to get ourselves caught all the way up on challenge australia it is A great season from the bit we've seen thus far. We are a couple weeks behind. We were hit by holidays. We're hit by sickness, by flu, by this, that, and the other. And so we've fallen a bit behind. And also because those links were a little get harder to find out there. But slowly but surely they have all become available at different times. So hopefully you are able to have been continue watching as i have as it seems like not that many people in australia have if anyone from australia is listening first and foremost thank you for being here but man y'all didn't really love the challenge being brought into your world because if you haven't seen the challenge australia was canceled mid-season essentially over in australia the ratings dropped precipitously from episode 1 to about episode 5 or 6 before they decided to just call that quits and they sent the rest to whatever their streaming version of, you know, their Paramount Plus versus CBS or MTV that we got over here in the states. So, that's a shame, especially given the fact that it is a very good season. So, we are still going to get to see the rest of it one way or the other, so we're going to cover the rest of it one way or the other, and we're going to get caught up. So today is going to be about Episodes 3 and 4. We previously did episode 1 and 2. Today we're going to do 3 and 4 combined recap episode, looking at both of those episodes. And then we're going to come back again on Friday, do Episodes 5 and 6, and next Monday, Episodes 7 and 8, and then for episode 9 and 10, the finales. That will either probably still be a joint episode two. We think we're just going to go the rest of the way out. I believe there's only ten episodes. So if we're already getting caught up by doing two at a time, we're probably just going to end the whole thing doing two at a time. Because episodes nine and ten will mean we're going right into a final. Possibly both happen to do with the final anyway. So yeah, three and four today. Four or five and six, excuse me, on Friday, seven and eight on Monday. Those episodes are all out and exist in the world. So, pending where you're at and watching, you can get caught up to and watch right along with us. Head over on Instagram at most likely2pod. Page has a lot of the links up there. If you just do some searching and sleuthing out there on Twitter, on Reddit, on Instagram on all the regular challenge-related channels. There's a bunch of different people sharing them. I've seen these episode links come up a bunch of different places on Twitter from a bunch of different people. I believe I've seen links going around on Reddit. So pages, most likely 2Pod. Instagram feeds got a lot of the links in there. Elsewhere, just do some searching, do some sleuthing. You'll be able to find them if you want to watch. And watch, you should, because I think this season's great. I think this cast is awesome. These two episodes we're going to talk about today a little bit lacking, but I feel like it's just a small lull between episodes one and two and what's going to come in the episodes beyond them. After Challenge Australia, the only other program we don't really to speak of is Rider Die's Wednesdays and Survivor Saturdays over on the Most Likely do podcast feed. Two more weeks of Survivor coming. Who knows how many more weeks of Challenge Rider dies. So those are on Wednesdays and Saturdays, respectively. As for the format today, doing two episodes at once, sticking to the same format, though. We're talking talk high-level kind of storyline stuff about both of them. Mix together everything we go through we're just going to talk about episode three and four the same thing you know when we talk about daily challenges we'll just talk about both daily challenges when we talk about gameplay we'll talk about gameplay from both so we're going to mash it all together hand out a couple awards do some predictions and power rankings as well at the end so your standard recap episode just two episodes joined in to one that's how we're going to do it so challenge australia episodes three and four let's dive on in kicking off the storylines with the thing that's i'm a little bit shocked by from these next two episodes i just alluded to it but what happened to the fun because episodes one and two i couldn't have been higher on this cast on heading over we're not really going to australia we're in argentina just like the other recent seasons we've watched but just the whole vibe of this i liked everything about it i liked all the people involved Everything was going so great. There was a lot of fun and excitement in the first couple episodes, and it's not that these two episodes, three and four, were without any of that, but it certainly seems to have went to the back burner a little bit, and I don't know. Why is this group so chill suddenly? There was still you know, we still had a couple people showing out and giving us real great performances. Cyrell in particular after, you know, the fun she's having after winning David, putting the cucumbers in her and Emily's bed. That's really, really good at the end of episode or the beginning of episode four, which he did. I suppose at sometime at the end of episode three, but it seems like there's more going on that maybe we're not seeing. It seems like maybe this is being edited in kind of the wrong way it definitely from you know what the happened to the ratings and now this show getting canceled over in australia uh that definitely seems to be the case that whatever is going on if there's more fun being had if there's more shenanigans at play hookups at play drama at play they're maybe not showing us they're focusing a little bit too much on the game in the competition the same as you know has been a gripe of american audiences for a lot of recent seasons and definitely was a bit of an issue with the CBS version the Challenge USA which is what the counterpart the direct counterpart to this season is as it was a part of you know the conception of doing an American and uh, Australian and Argentinian and a UK version all at the same time under the, basically the same format for the fa- same eventual full season of global tournament thing but it seems like they're just they're really missing the boat because I have to imagine there's more going on here. We only have in these episodes, we get one hookup. I thought there was going to be a ton from this cast and part of me still thinks there is and we're just not seeing it. But we get Conrad and Megan and, uh, you know, that's great. Good for them. Well done all around. Someone putting that hot tub to use. But this group seems very single. They're all good looking. How's there not more going down? It started off fast. It started like, oh, there's going to be so many Bachelor people here, too. This, that, and the other. And I just feel like, are we not seeing it? Ryan and Emily are shown to be like buddies, but like, what kind of buddies are they? Is Kiki and anyone? I feel like that was right there for her to be taken. Kieran, you know, maybe I guess he's decided to stop cheating on his girlfriend after the first episode. I don't know, but it feels like. There's got to be more than just Conrad and Megan's one smooch in the hot tub going on and maybe they're just not showing it to us. But overall, I'm a little worried about yet another season in another country where their reality TV is a little bit more of the kind of trashy drama. And I say that glowingly, respectfully, admiringly um, that we kind of used to be accustomed to of this show and that's kind of went away and as it's become more and more of like just the sport just the competition just the strategy and we get a little less than that so i wonder if it's actually not there or if they're not showing it i also know the cold weather kicking in that definitely you know this season they're filming them in the same house in the same spot and they filmed this one after usa and i don't i don't know maybe after rider dies as well but It's definitely a much colder weather season, so there's less of them outside having a good time in that nice yard and pool and everything else that they have. So the fun has dipped, but I think it's going to come back. I think the rest of the episodes, five, six, and beyond are we're going to get a bit more of that even as the cast gets smaller. Usually that's when things tighten up. I feel like there's a chance for a lot of sparks still to come. Let's move to the next big topic, then let's talk about the daily challenges. And I promise I'm about to be a little bit negative again here for the second topic in a row. I promise it's not going to be like that the whole podcast by any means, but I've got to say, let's let's do both of these daily challenges from episode three first, then episode four. Episode three had bolas for blood. We have seen this one before, or a, var- a variation of it as all of the ones we're going to see in this season, we assume, how we've seen on Ride or Dies or USA or both in some cases. And bolas for blood. The only difference is the version we'd seen before, uh, there was trivia kind of involved, or you had to, the questions were a little bit different. It wasn't just super simple, basic math problems, which this version is very basic math problems, like 83 plus 11, or they get it wrong, or it was 82 plus 11, and they think it's 94 and get it wrong, which is hilarious the australians are just as bad at math as the american reality stars tend to be so that was at least reassuring and comforting to know that we're all just as bad at all of this stuff as everyone else but super basic math problems and this challenge that was kind of the most interesting part of it the version we'd seen before was the questions being asked and whether people were able to get them right or wrong and some of the funny misanswers answers that people were giving Then you just change it to basic math ones, and now we're just watching people look for numbers in a mud pit, and it's not very interesting to watch, which isn't a good place to be with the daily challenge. And then in episode four, things are a little bit similar. It's good to display people's endurance capabilities, but they're doing build me up. The one we've seen very recently on Rider Dies where you got to just carry the wine barrels, the empty wine barrels, which it's great that they call it wine barrels when it could be a barrel of anything um, because there's nothing in the barrels. It's actually just a berry for, barrel for carrying in the challenge, but where you carry them from one station to the next to press some buttons and get to the end first. It's good to display people's endurance capabilities. It's good to get a read on how people might do in that department when it comes to a final, but it's not interesting to watch. Uh, you know, it's interesting for about 10 seconds at the end when it becomes a very close race, which I will give this version credit one single heat versus the two heats. You know how I feel about that. If you've been listening to the rider dies recaps, it's way better with the one heat. It is fun at the end of this one. You know, Troy and Emily coming down to the wire, able to eke it out over Conrad And I believe it's Sugar, maybe was his partner in episode four. But the only bad thing about doing these two episodes at once with the switching partners every week is remembering who's who in which episodes. But neither of these two daily challenges, they're just not that interesting. And it's whereas in episode one and two of watching this season um, and in most of the episodes so far of Rider dies when there's been some overlap with Challenge USA stuff, it has been fun. And I've talked about it's kind of interesting to watch. Different groups of people do the exact same thing in the exact same places and some of the deja vu of it's interesting and there's some fun to be had, but also the other side of that and the more we get of it, having the same games and house and format makes the cracks or the weak part of any of that that you're going to have over and over they're just going to be amplified every single time so when it's these daily challenges and some of them are ones that are pretty boring to watch aren't don't really offer much visually or not that stimulating but yet they still take up you know a bulk chunk of the episode it just goes from if it's the first time we're ever seeing that okay it, whatever we get through that 10 minutes of you know a daily challenge that isn't that interesting but then when we see it a second time or a third time And it's just as boring or they even take away the one one variable in it that makes it a little bit fun. It just it just that's amplified so much more because we've seen it before. And this season is, you know, suffers from being, you know, for us watching it after we've watched these other ones, just as if we get to watch the UK or the Argentina version. At some point will probably feel the same way i don't know if we're going to get to watch any of those at any point or not i'm still going to if we get the opportunity to i hope we get the opportunity to but any cracks in the game any weak parts are just amplified so much more when you're filming four or five seasons of the same thing over and over just with different cast it makes it really tough so the daily challenges left me wanting for a bit more in these two episodes <laughs> Let's talk actual gameplay that goes down in both these episodes because there is a bunch of decisions made, of course, and mostly I feel like everyone is making the right decisions and nothing's too overly dramatic because it's all a little bit straightforward right now, but there is a lot brewing here. So quickly, let's just lay out the the three alliances. There's really two alliances plus everyone else. That's kind of floating a floating alliance if you will a third alliance if you will but there's three going down there's the guys room which has johnny grant ryan for sure those three plus jessica and emily plus more or less Cyrell and sugar that alliance is pretty big obviously some of these folks go home by the end of these two episodes but going into these two episodes That's where the alliance of the Guys Room Alliance, which is hilariously bad naming, which is also a credit to them. They don't try to come up with some name for their alliance. It's just like, oh, yeah, the three guys in that one room plus their friends. It's the Guys Room Alliance. Good job. Batchy Alliance, which I love Batchy. I love that they say the term Batchy over and over and over. Absolutely love it. That's Kieran, Conrad, Megan, Kiki, and Brittany. And I think maybe one more uh woman i forget who all comes from the bachelor on the show but there's at least those five and then there's the others there's troy and marley who are definitely tight duo trying purposely to play the middle there's the both brooks who don't seem to have a home in all of this and there's connor and i think that's it yeah those five connor Brooke, brook marley and troy more or less in the middle of the thing so there's these alliances going around and those alliances really dictate what happens in both of these episodes. Let's talk about one at a time, episode three, the power team, and the decisions they had to make. Then we'll do episode four, the power team and the decisions they had to make. So Connor and Cyrell win in episode three, which thank goodness, because Cyrell, absolute legend, absolutely loving everything from this and They go on the offensive. They're thrilled about going on the offensive. Connor had been targeted a couple weeks in a row already, so now he gets to go on offense. The whole thing's great. I couldn't have picked a better team to win in episode three. They are, they almost, they're torn by the end of this. They both have a team they want to go with. Both of the teams they are considering, which is Grant and Kiki and Conrad and Brooke B., are the two teams that Jessica and David have said they would go against. And so it makes it even more difficult. Cyrell and Connor are torn and they get to the end and Cyrell just offers up. Why don't we just flip a coin? Cause we can't make a decision to which Connor decides that's not in the spirit of the game. So I'll just do what you want to do, which is, a hilarious place to end up in a duo like this when you can't make the decision obviously he wasn't that strong in his conviction to begin with if his result is you know i love that he says it's not it's disrespectful to the game to do that because that feels like you should make a real actual choice but it's kind of hilarious that he's just like we should make a choice so all right you win yeah yeah you, you called my bluff you we played the game of chicken syrell wins she gets her way shout out to grant and kiki though because during all of this they at least while they end up getting picked they do a great job in trying everything they can they have the conversation with connor and cyrell grant plays the family card hard i supposedly he and cyrell know each other or he's friends with her husband or something like that they they flash a picture at some point say something about how could they be against each other but now they are i don't know they didn't They didn't really do that uh, backstory justice, but I, I know we got some sort of picture somewhere, but Grant does his family justice by playing the family card, being like, I've got kids and a spouse, Cyrell, you've got a spouse and some kids, like, come on. Kiki then comes over the top rope and is like, let me get these waterworks going. Let me start playing the, like, I'm proving myself so much to myself. Let me get some tears going here. Let me make this real emotional. They both lay it on thick. And while it doesn't eventually work, it is a great performance. And I stand by it and I say, great job, both of you. Now, on the flip side of that, the other team that is being considered is only being considered because David... Goes out there trying to get Conrad and Brooke B in because he thinks Brooke B's looking a little weak because she confided in him and got a little teary and emotional herself over the fact that maybe she isn't having the best time in this house the way she thought and didn't realize coming in how much of the challenge is just being in a house with all these people versus actually doing the challenge. And it's not as fun as she thought David uses this against her. He tells Connor and Cyrell about it. They then bring it up to her, which she then has to bring her back up to him. It's a whole thing, and it's super snake shit from David, who he's having a great time uh, doing everything that he's doing, and he's doing a lot in these first three episodes while he is still there, but uh, he is just really, really putting himself out there. He's trying anything and everything. He's using anything and everything he's got as leverage, as, you know, kind of ammunition, as currency politically in the game. But he's doing it from a place of constantly being in the eliminations because his teams keep getting last or being targeted because they're not doing so well. And it uh, doesn't work here. And thankfully for Brooke, I don't know, will Brooke B., If this will come back around, if this turns into something where she is continuously targeted because of this idea that David started spreading because she shared the one vulnerable moment. But it's one of the reasons you got to pick your friends wisely. You got to pick who you're telling what to wisely in a challenge house. But Connor and Cyrell overall make good, good decisions. Everything makes sense why they would pick Grant. And Kiki even though Cyrell kind of is eventually looped in with that alliance she's not a hundred percent she's a little more floater than anything she's just attached to Emily more than anything she wants to get back at Grant for the week before and Kiki is in the batchy group that is you know neither Connor or Cyrell are working with so that decision makes sense then we've got Troy and Emily in episode four who they've got their friends already in elimination Johnny and Cyrell are in there And Emily wants to help Johnny and Cyrell both out. Troy wants to just keep his hands clean, still play that middle. And so Johnny and Cyrell ask them for either Connor and Megan, but also they would be willing to consider Kieran and Kiki so that they could take, as a group, take a shot at the Batchy crew. And so Troy and Emily have to make this decision. It's pretty much one of these two teams. It's the only two teams they should do. And they eventually... Choose Connor and Megan, and they get it wrong. They should have taken the shot. Once you see it's a puzzle, they walk in there, and I know they haven't seen this before the way we at home have. So I know there's a little bit of hindsight of like, yeah, we get in there, and I know exactly what it is because we've seen this game before recently. They don't, but you can pretty much tell there's pieces all over the ground. There's two poles empty sitting there. You're obviously building some sort of puzzle. There's a room. It's it's pretty obvious this is some sort of giant puzzle. They don't know exactly how it's going to work, but you shouldn't be able to tell it's a puzzle. It's not something super physical. And if you want Johnny and Cyrell to come back, give them the less puzzle-inclined duo, a.k.a. Kieran and Kiki, who, no offense, I don't have a lot of faith until I've seen it uh, in their... I don't just... They don't scream puzzle masters to me. Let's put it that way. And... That is someone you're trying to take a shot at, you're trying to go at that alliance and so you're given an opportunity where you could put them into something they're maybe not super suited for, and that would be advantageous to the two you are trying to defend who are already in there. Plus, even if even if this was something like super physical or something that just looked whatever they would say Kieran and Kiki's strengths were, if it's something that looks like ah Kieran and Kiki are gonna be favored in this, oh well, you gotta take a shot anyways. And you know why? Because your side's gonna have the winners almost every time. So start taking your shots because at some point you've got to. If you can't, there's only so many people floating in the middle, and those some of those people could possibly win the daily. So you just you got to take some shots at some point because between their crew, they've got Emily and Sugar both in the guys' room kind of alliance. And Emily and Sugar are going to be on the winning team almost every single time. It's going to be hard for any of the other women to beat them and any of the physical endurance-based stuff they continually are being asked to do in the daily challenges. So take your shot. I get Troy's part of this, trying to be more in the middle, being wanting to go with Connor and Megan is a little less direct shot. Connor's kind of been the one everyone's aiming at a little bit here, and now he had power the episode before, and he did some stuff, so even more people are, like, okay with him going. So I get where Troy's coming from of, hey, I don't want to declare myself officially on your guys' side by going Kieran and Kiki and, like, straight up, like, Batchy Crew, here we come for you. So I get Troy not wanting to do it, but I also get – Connor's reasoning, which is very good when he goes to Troy and says, like, hey, the heat's on me right now. You don't have to pick me. And if you don't, it's not like the heat just leaves me. I'm still going to be the target, and you can stand behind me. I can be a shield for you for another week or two, and you're in the middle. And so eventually, when all of the the people that the heat is on, a.k.a. me, are gone, it's eventually going to come to you. And it's going to come to you quicker than you might realize. So you might want to keep me around, keep me as that shield. It's a good argument. Yes, he's talked his way out of elimination a couple times already. Yes, he's trying to do it again here, but he's doing it with facts. He's doing it with opinions that are correct. And I think Troy and Emily both should have realized the benefits of keeping a Connor and taking a shot at Kieran and Kiki going against that alliance and then also possibly saving their alliance members. Would they have definitely won or lost that? I don't know, but I think Johnny and Cyrell would have had a better chance versus Kieran and Kiki. And it would have at least been open and honest about this is where the line is. Y'all are on that side. We're on this side. They both kind of know it, but still to this point, four episodes in, no one's willing to take a shot either way. The final thing to talk about then is we've mentioned who was in the eliminations, but let's talk about both of those eliminations. First off, Spelling Ebe, episode three, I can't believe they didn't rename it for the second time around uh i know you know these are being filmed before they go out into the world so we didn't get to see any fan reaction before they made briny say spelling Um, uh, but uh they saying it the same as tj saying it the same as it being on our screen at any time it's very silly it's very silly and uh those are the only words i'm going to use because i'm being being feeling kind at this point of the podcast but They got to do the spell a word backwards to see how many tires you have to add or subtract from your load of tires to move. And algorithm is way harder than nominate politics or Argentina. Those are the four words. Kiki gets screwed. It is not fair that she's got to go with algorithm over nominate politics, Argentina. I I get that those should probably all be in the same category, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's a soft spot for Kiki getting it wrong, but I feel like that one's a bunch harder than the other three are. And like the build me up daily, this competition, it's a good endurance test, but is pretty boring to watch. Just like it was the last time we saw it. It's just moving tires back and forth. Um, I like that they have to stay in their little paths, maybe incentivizing them to run into each other. But no one runs into each other. No one tries to like block each other and knock anyone over, which I don't know if they're allowed to like how you know deliberate they're allowed to get with it. But that would be a lot more fun. I just it's uh, it's not great. Um, Grant and Kiki smoke it, and so they get to come back to the game, which is good. Goodbye to Jessica and David, which was tough to do for the show, certainly. Jessica has a lot of potential. I liked her a lot. I think she could do very well in a challenge house if she were given another opportunity. David, on the other hand, he was a bit too much for me. He brought a lot, and I appreciate everything he brought to the table. I appreciate the entertainment that he brought to the table, but... It was a little much for me. It was a little over the top. I definitely think if I was in that house, I would have been I would have known who I would have probably been targeting just because I would have laughed for 75% of it, but it would have gone on too long and I would have just been like, "Okay, this is a little a little too much." The 8-inch heels though, by the way, going into deliberation just towering over everyone walking up to an interrogation table, that's a boss move right there. Then the second elimination from episode 4, a dark turn. Look, this is really, really hard, super duper hard. And the rules are very questionable, as usual, because for the second time we've seen this before, and I thought the same thing last time we saw it as I did this time. Obviously, they're not allowed to just pick up all the pieces and put them by their tower because the obvious smart thing to do, and I don't think this is just obvious of hindsight of getting to watch it play out twice in a row. I think obvious when you walk in there and are told what you have to do, the first thing that would be on my mind is, okay, uh we're going to collect all of the pieces and stack them by size right next to our pole so that we've got like small, medium, large, extra large, just four piles, four stacks of them. So that when we go in and start trying to memorize this thing, we can come out and put it together very, very quickly without doing the whole collection thing there. They're very clearly not allowed to do that. But then like, what's the actual rules of like, could you just act like you got a bunch wrong and like, just pick up like 20 and Put them on, and then me be like, "Oh, check. Oh, it's wrong. Okay, cool. Now take them off and pile them up. I don't know, but the rules, as always, a little questionable. If you're gonna keep giving us kind of boring to watch eliminations and daily challenges, at least maybe start like giving us the full rule book. That could be nice. I don't know. Just a suggestion. Giving the pieces a number based on the finger size, though, which both teams end up doing, but one team in particular, I believe, Connor and Megan are actually like using those numbers as the numbers they're saying out loud i think johnny and cyrell actually started and then connor and megan kind of transferred to it but they both have the good strategy down they both know how to measure it out and i if i was them i'm doing five pieces at a time pick a number always do that exact number so that you can know where you should be in your count. every time you go back in you'd be like all right we did five obviously so this time Count to the sixth piece, start memorizing there. count to the 10th, 11th piece, start memorizing there. 16th piece, et cetera. Um, Connor and Megan win. I wouldn't be too cocky if I was long, if I was those two, wouldn't be cocky for long. They get pretty cocky after the fact. They're very excited about their win, which totally makes sense. But I think those two are both toast. I think they got the right elimination for them. They got lucky that Cyrell and Johnny missed the one and uh, they both got lucky to be around a lot any longer and i don't think they're going to be around a lot longer as for johnny and Cyrell, both losses for the show johnny had definitely brought something to the table um as much as uh, i would not condone his tactics in relationship that he showed during this season he also didn't do anything all that bad he just needed a lay got a lay and wasn't interested after that but regardless he brought something to the table he was fun and Cyrell brought a lot to the table she was Definitely one of the MVPs of the season for four episodes, and it's unfortunate she won't be around longer because she had a lot of entertainment value, a lot of energy, doing a lot of good things. She is going to be sorely, sorely missed. I mean, her celebrations with Emily were hilarious. Her, it, you know, outright... How happy she was about getting to use the power. Everyone always gets so scared of the power in these games. She gets the power and she revels in it. Loved it. She was just great all the way through. So, we're going to miss Cyrell, we're going to miss Johnny. uh tough loss, but overall, both of these eliminations again similar to the daily challenge. It's just once it was it was something interesting cuz it's new. When you're seeing it for the second time, you're like it wasn't that good and now we're getting it again it just really it just amplifies you know the if the feelings are kind of meh even meh feelings can be amplified let's hand out some awards let's update the power rankings and the prediction shall we on the first awards from best quote cyrell had a couple opportunities here to steal this award i wasn't able to record any of them so i can't play them back for you but as much as cyrell put up a good performance in the confessional booth i think i've got to give the award for both of these episodes to connor who says quote two hundred thousand dollars sounds really great because that's a lot of blocks of feta and i well food's getting expensive end quote which how how connor loves feta cheese to the tune of thinking about how many blocks of it he could buy with the money that he's winning that is something i never would have had on my challenge bingo card or anyone's bingo card or life bingo card there's no way this man or anyone likes feta cheese that much but uh it was what was on connor's mind when thinking about how he could spend two hundred thousand dollars and i salute it award for the best quote of the episode or of both of the episodes then is for the best moment of these two episodes. stretch four nominees here Two from each episode actually works out really well. First one, the fire truck hose down and then throwing a briny into the mud pit. It was the best part of the otherwise not all that exciting daily challenge. But after the daily challenge is over, this is... This is the way I feel like it's nice to use all of the toys and everything. We don't have to bring in all the trucks and things just to say there was one there for the daily challenge. But when it could be after it's over and like, hey, we got a fire truck going, rolling in. What's going on here? Oh, I used to be a firefighter. I'm going to hose all of you down now. That was actually pretty fun and funny. And then the fact that they were all like, well, uh, Bryony, you're going in the mud then like you got a way too nice of outfits and you don't get to just stand here and spray us from point blank range with the fire engine hose you're going in the mud and then we'll spray you too Loved that entire moment we get some backstory with our host that's kind of fun to do don't always get something like that and the whole group having a good time together i liked that a lot second nominee cyrell and emily celebrating cyrell's win they come back they're jumping on the bed they're you know stamping their feet around They're immediately like, who can we get? Oh, well, here we go, Grant, like too bad for you. We're immediately into vindictive mode. I don't even care who's in my alliance possibly mode. Just I'm having fun. I'm relishing the power as everyone should do. Don't get all caught up and all nervous about the power. Have fun with it. Cyrell and Emily certainly do. That moment's great. As is the next time those two women come to their bedroom together after the end of the elimination and then the open of episode four when they come back to find cucumbers in their bed left by we presume david which i've always kind of wondered exactly what the process of leaving the house is i mean we see them always packing their bags they go to the elimination and they leave and you assume they leave right from there they're never going back to the house but maybe possibly they get to go back to the house one last time first before everyone else gets there so they don't see everyone again i don't know but if david Just did this before he left, before he went to the elimination, thinking either maybe maybe thinking I might be going home. I want to have a have something there for when they come back. Maybe he thought I'm going to win and come back and this will be funny when we get back to the house. I don't know. Either way, it worked and it was a good moment for me. And then fourth and finally, Conrad and Megan's hookup in the hot tub with everyone watching from the bedroom nearby. Uh, Thank goodness for them giving us some sort of romantic flair for the season. We'll see if that spark will continue at all. They both seem to be very on the same page of this is just for fun while we're here, which absolutely great. More people join in on the fun. Everyone's allowed to have fun. Let's see some more of it. It seems like everyone kind of wants to, and maybe some people are, and we're just not seeing it. So between those four moments, though, I'm gonna give the fire truck hose down and throw in the host in the mud. That's that's really great. Something I've never seen before. So that's the favorite moment of these two episodes. As for the MVP joint again as all of these have been in this whole podcast has been episode three and four together connor and fifth troy and fourth emily and third kiki in second all four of them bring a lot to the table connor is very present this both of these two episodes on the winning side on the losing then winning side he's all over fingerprints all over this episode troy My guy, Troy, I knew I liked this guy for a reason. I knew I thought he was going to dominate, and he's starting to do just that. His second win in a daily challenge, he handles the power in a smart way, if even in a way I disagreed with ultimately. But it was a smart move for him. He's playing smart. That's all you can ask. Emily continues to show that, you know, Unlike sometimes in the past, you bring this the stud athlete who's way better on the competition side than everyone into the house. Sometimes that's not going to come with the biggest personality. Not the case for Emily. She's been just as good at the show side of things as the sports side of things. Loving everything from her. Kiki's been wonderful both of these last two episodes. But the mvp of these two episodes and the mvp if you had to give a you know a 40% mark mvp for the season although it won't last because she leaves at the end of the fourth episode it is Cyrell. Cyrell gives us all kinds of things and when she's winning or losing she's having a good time doing it she's having a you know kind of a boisterous time doing it bringing some emotion some personality to the camera she is happy to use the power she is happy to talk her way into the best opponent for her when in a position of non-power she's doing it all she's having a good time she's proud of herself we're proud of her really really enjoyed having Cyrell on this season and it's a huge loss it is definitely someone who this season would have benefited a lot by having the syrell make it all the way to the end so she could have been in all the episodes but there's other personalities here. There's other uh, potential to be tapped, and I'm sure we'll get into a lot of it. But sayonara to Cyral, the MVP of Episode 3 and 4. And then finally, we move to the power rankings. Since we're down to now at the end of these four episodes... We are down to 14 people left. So I'm going to expand out the entire power ranking all the way to top seven on both sides. Everyone gets their spots. So let's do the females first. And the very top of the list hasn't changed at all. And I don't think it's going to change at all because I think there's a clear divide. Emily and Sugar are at the top of this list. They are the two, you know, professional athletes coming in at an Olympian and a boxer. And they're proving it. Time in, time out, even if Sugar doesn't have the wins that Emily has quite yet, she's performed incredibly well. She's been a near winner multiple times now, and she's starting to be looked at by the other women and men in the house as the dominant partner to possibly have. So those two remain at the top. Then I've got Brooke J in third, Megan in fourth, Brittany in fifth, Kiki in sixth, Brooke B in seventh. Brooke B., it seems like what David did to her is going to probably catch up with her. The rumors, Once the rumors of someone doesn't want to be there to start, that's an easy person to vote against. Just It just is the way these houses work. So David's move, even though he is now long gone, still could come back to haunt Brooke B. It's why I have her near the bottom. Plus, haven't seen the best performances out of her. And then, you know, Kiki, Brittany, Megan, Brooke J., I like Brooke J. I, I think I feel good about Brooke J in the third spot. Megan, Brittany, Kiki, you could put in any order. I don't have much to go off of based why any of them are in front of the others. It's really just some kind of tiers here. I see Emily and Sugar in their own tier. I see Brooke J leading the next tier. And then I see Brooke B kind of as the most vulnerable in the game on the women's side right now. Then on the men's side. Ryan first, Troy second, Conrad third, Kieran fourth, Marley fifth, Grant sixth, and Connor seventh. I think Connor's gotta be at the bottom. He's just consistently been targeted and I don't see that changing. He's definitely in the most vulnerable spot. And then I, you know, Grant's performed well, but I still just don't, I don't know, the the guy's side's a lot more even than the women's side is for me. I really feel confident in Ryan and Troy's abilities to keep on winning. And to just kind of do everything and be good generally at everything. I think Conrad has started to show. We've gotten a couple glimpses of like, he is a lot taller than all the other ones. He is a little more built than because of his height. You don't totally realize he's maybe got a little more strength than some of the others. I like him in the third spot, but the men's side, very close. All seven of these guys could make the final. I think almost any of them could win a final possibly, but I definitely put Troy and Ryan at the top for a reason. I think they're doing the best. As for season predictions, after these episodes, I'm now at three people gone of my original 10 predictions for the finalists. I've lost Johnny, I've lost Jack, and I've lost Jessica. I've still got Ryan, Troy, Grant, Emily, Brooke J., Megan, and Kiki. So we're going to see. I'm hoping I at least go five for 10. We'll see how that does. But my winner's picks, Ryan and Emily, going wire to wire, still looking good there. Here's my predictions for not just the next episode, but the next two, episodes five and six, which we will cover in the dual podcast as well later this week. Episode five and six predictions. One, Emily and Sugar are going to be the winning female, either both Emily, both Sugar, or one of each. Either way, I think every single winner from here on out features one of those two women as the female portion of that team. Second prediction, the Batchy crew turns on each other. I think that alliance is... Is just a ticking time bomb. It's not going to last. And even though the other alliance won't take shots at them, I think eventually the Batchee crew will blow themselves up. And third and final, I think Ryan's going to forget something because that guy... Both of these episodes, I could have thrown these in kind of the best moment awards, but Ryan has multiple moments where in the middle of conversations with someone, he has to stop and say, wait a minute, what are we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Remind me what you just said like three seconds ago in the plan that us as an alliance are trying to make who we're trying to get out. Okay, great. Who's your partner again? You told me that. I should know that. Okay, great. I just, he's the best. He's, He's having a good time. He's maybe not paying almost any attention at all, any of the time, but I love every bit. He's going to forget something. So, those are your predictions for the next episodes. And that is it for these two episodes. We will move into episodes five and six. I'm hoping. The fun picks back up the next episode on clips looked real good. It looks like some dramas coming back into the challenge Australia house. So very excited for that. We'll be back on Wednesday with rider dies. And then on Friday, we'll do episodes five and six next Monday. We will do episode seven and eight. And then eventually that following Friday, I believe both episodes will be now out next week. We'll be able to finish it out with nine and 10 and finish this whole thing. They may have canceled it in Australia, but we are not canceling it on this podcast because I like the season. I like this cast and a handful of these folks are going to be coming to our TV soon on the global tournament. So I want to finish out how they fare here in Argentina in the first challenge, Australia. And uh, yeah, we're going to roll right on through the rest of the season. So get out there and find those links again at most likely to pod on instagram is one spot to find a bunch of the links in her highlight feeds otherwise do some searching on twitter on reddit on instagram just generally on the internet they were up on daily motion for a minute they got taken down i bet they'll be back up there at some point All these episodes are out there to be found. So just do a little search and you can find them. And you can watch and maybe you can resurrect the challenge Australia by all of us around the world watching if the fine folks in Australia decided they didn't want to tune in live on their network television. So thank you so much for being here. We'll be back later this week. Until then, peace.